Hello again, everyone. We're back. This is John Martinoni, and the program you're listening to is Balaam's Ride, the Edge of Catholic Radio. Here's working as a Catholic apologist. I've, I've received a lot of questions about this topic. It is centering prayer, good, bad, or indifferent. I know of a decent number of folks who think, oh, centering prayer, it's a, it's a good thing. It uh, helps you communicate better with God, helps you in your prayer life, etc., so on. I know a number of people who say, no, it's a bad thing. And I know others who say, well, it's neither good or nor bad. It is what it is. So we're here today to discuss that topic, centering prayer, good, bad, or indifferent. And our guest on the program today is Mr. Dan Burke, the executive director of EWTN's National Catholic Register. It's a newspaper that if you're not subscribed to, you need to be subscribed to. And Dan is also the president and founder of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. And it's that hat probably that will come into play a little bit more in this program than than the uh, executive director of the National Catholic Register. So, Dan, welcome to our program. It's great to be with you, John. Uh, centering prayer. Well, first, let's let's start with a little of your background. President and founder of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. What is that, and how did you get into spiritual formation, and what is your background in well, that area? It was part of my conversion process. Uh, when I was a Protestant and struggling with prayer and relationship with God, I turned to the Catholic mystical tradition mainly because I didn't uh, find what I anything that helped me in the Protestant tradition, though I was widely read and had been uh, in that tradition for for more than a decade when I began to really wrestle with this idea. And so unknowingly, because a Protestant sort of a, there's one Protestant uh, author who took a bunch of Catholic mystics, stripped off the ST in front of their names, so de-sainted them, if you will, (laughs) and and then presented their writings uh, in a way that was a little bit translated uh, so that it was more palatable for a Protestant mind. And that worked for me. And I began to read uh, in Catholic mysticism. And, of course, uh, that brought good answers to my challenges. Uh, a, though I was nowhere near ready to convert, um, it, was, it was probably more than a decade after that that I encountered these writings. But I did begin to dig uh, more and more deeply into that tradition and, and eventually ran into St. Teresa of Avila, who um, is my patron saint, who is... Uh, or my, uh, whose name I've taken for my confirmation. And um, her writings really then uh, were a big part of my uh, drawing me over that final trek over the Tiber uh, into the Catholic Church. So that, that was kind of the beginning. Um, becoming Catholic, I recognized uh, very quickly, because I was involved with the New Age as part of my quest for uh, understanding faith and, and reality in the world and why you should... You should keep living in a, in a crummy circumstance that I was in. I, um, I, I, I recognized coming into the church that there were a lot of teachings in the Catholic Church that mirrored what I experienced in the New Age movement. Now, what I'm not saying is that it's not the Catholic Church's official teaching that was mirrored and uh, that was corrupted by New Age thinking, but certainly there have been people who tried to integrate. Uh, New Age thought, Eastern, um, Eastern non-Christian Eastern religious thought with Catholic spiritual tradition. And so you get this amalgam. I discovered that that was really rampant. 
I started a blog on faithful Catholic spirituality to get out the real thing. It became the most uh, highly um, uh, trafficked uh, or the you know highest volume, most readers. We won numerous awards uh, for faithful Catholic spirituality. And that led to people saying, hey, you know, why don't you do classes on prayer? Why don't you begin to teach? Uh, and as you can imagine, that just slowly emerged into this idea of the Avila Institute. And this sprung up this year, and, and we're delighted that uh, Bishop Baker is is uh, uh, supporting us in that from an ecclesial level. And uh, moving forward, we have uh, 65 students now, I think, and um, uh, helping people around the world understand the, the great riches. of. So you have an institute, just so everyone's clear, that you're actually offering classes in spiritual direction and spiritual formation? It is. We have a graduate program in spiritual theology. And, and in fact, you know, my work at the Register occupies all of my time. And so I, basically I brought in, on uh, Dr. Anthony Lillis, who's what I think one of the world's best spiritual theologians. And he's basically the, the primary uh, teacher that we have other professors and um, administrative support. So they're doing their thing. I'm supporting it while I do all my work at the Register. Well, let's... Let's get this out of the way, and we can come back to it at the end of the show as well. If someone is interested in getting involved with the Avil Institute, taking a course from it, uh, and so on, how do they do that? They go to www.avila-institute.com, and Avila is spelled just like Teresa of Avila. It's A-V-I-L-A-institute.com. Okay. Very good. All right. Now, uh, we're here. You're here to talk about centering prayer. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to I want to throw something out. But, well, before I do this, in general, without getting into the good, bad or indifferent, what is centering prayer? What are the techniques? What are the mechanisms of centering prayer? Well, why don't I I'll give you a, a definition from Father Thomas Keating, who is kind of the lead guru in centering prayer. And he, he, he states it this way, it's a method designed to facilitate the development of contemplative prayer by preparing one's faculties to cooperate with this gift. It's an attempt to present the teachings of earlier times, and he references the cloud of unknowing in an updated format. So uh, that's, the, that's a little bit more the goal of the prayer. And then he goes on to describe the method of the prayer. Centering prayer is really a, a more of a I'm a method than anything else, and and it's really you know folks are familiar with it. It's it's uh, choose a sacred word, sit, um, breathe, uh, repeat, um, you know, uh, and uh, for 20 minutes, uh, two times a day, basically is the recommendation. Uh, so it's it's pretty simple idea, though there's a there's thousands and thousands of pages of ink on the topic, but uh, most of the ink um, used to do, to talk about. Centering prayer is is on other are on other teachings uh, related to prayer in our in our relationship with God or whatever. So that's centering prayer in a nutshell. Okay, let me just uh, let our audience know if you want to be part of the program, if you're involved in centering prayer, or you know people who are, and you've wondered about it, had questions about it, uh, want to call in with questions or comments, you can do so by calling two zero five seven one four seven zero one four. That's Two zero five seven one four seven zero one four, or shoot me an email, John, J O H N, John at Bible Christian Society dot com. John at Bible 
ChristianSociety.com with your question or comments on for for Dan on uh, centering prayer. Now, uh, what you're talking about, you have a sacred word that you repeat. Uh, you, it sounds kind of when I was out of the church for 13 years, basically in the late 70s and, and throughout the 80s, I was uh, intrigued, although I never really got into it, by transcendental meditation, where yeah. you have a word, a, a mantra that right. you repeat over and over, and it's supposed to take you to a, a different state of consciousness or something. Is that what this is? You know, it's an interesting question. A lot of people equate centering prayer with TM, and, and early on in the movement, uh, the centering prayer movement, there was a closer association with TM, kind of an admission whether it be a light one uh, or or a more bold one behind the scenes, an admission of some of those roots. Now, since then, Father Keating and contemplative outreach and folks have really distanced themselves from transcendental meditation and tried to really uh, more fully anchor themselves in Catholic tradition. Now, I'm not saying I'm stating their position. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that. But um, TM does have similar uh, prescriptions uh, for how you pray, the, the amount of time you spend in prayer, the uh, repetition of a word, the way that you deal with thoughts, it, it all is very, very similar. I don't think that's what it is at the heart of the issues with centering prayer, but, there, but yeah, there's, that's a valid comparison. Well, let me, uh, let me give you uh, some quotes here, start with a quote, and maybe this will lead us to the heart of centering prayer and what you see as, as maybe the problems with centering prayer. This is from a, a Reverend John Dreher. He was a pastor in uh, Rhode Island at a parish up there, and he wrote this paper on, on centering prayer. And in it he says, uh, many people, quote, many people assume centering prayer is compatible with Catholic tradition, but in fact the techniques of centering prayer are neither Christian nor prayer. They are at the level of human faculties and as such are an operation of man, not of God. The deception and dangers can be grave, unquote. What would you... Take off from there. Agree, disagree, and well, Father Dreyer, that's a good piece that you quote from. It's worthy of reading. I think you, folks can find that out on Catholic dot com. Um, I yeah, I mean, really. Well, let let me back up, and can I back up and sure. then come back to that? One, one thing I want to be clear about is there are there are people there are Catholics who are authentic in their faith, who love the Lord, and who are honestly seeking Him, who use some form of centering prayer method, and are validly praying, okay? But if you stick to the teachings of contemplative outreach, uh, Father Dreyer's comments perfectly apply. And that is, yes, it's very much a human activity and practice. Centering prayer in and of itself is, is not Christian prayer in the way that we understand it as taught from the doctors of the church or the traditions of the church, though it is commonly claimed Otherwise, and we can talk about specifics today about what are the conflicts with with uh, traditional uh, Catholic prayer. But yeah, I mean, Father Dreher's got it uh, pretty well pegged. It's it's a human exercise. It's really, uh, in many ways, an exercise in psychology or or the the realm of the mind, but not necessarily a true engagement with God as uh, traditionally taught by, at least by contemplative outreach and Father Keating and others. Well, and uh, Father Dreher mentions uh, at the beginning of this, this paper that, uh, or article, that uh, Father Keating, when he started all of this way back when, 
basically asked a question of his monks. He was a, he was an abbot at a Trappist monastery. He said, could we put the Christian tradition into a form that would be accessible to people who have been instructed in an Eastern technique? Yeah. So – and even though I don't, I don't recall you saying it in his definition of centering prayer, but isn't it basically an amalgamation of Eastern technique with what he is trying to present as Catholic tradition? Yeah, I mean, really, uh, and and that's only one root of this whole tradition. So, uh, yes, they were looking to integrate uh, East and West. I mean, they're coming out of the Second Vatican Council, out of the Council, in particular, Nostra Aetate. And uh, a kind of um, uh, an errant reading of that document from the council drove a lot of ecumenical practice, dialogue, and pursuit that really was off the mark. The heart was probably in the right place. Um, Nostra Aetate says that there is truth, you know, where there is truth outside of the Christian faith and other religions, we need to embrace that. But, but it also said very clearly that there is a reflection of a ray of truth, and I'm quoting, okay, from from Nostra Tate. and so, uh, and then in this paragraph following that specific quote, it talks about coming to the fullness of Christ. So the error, what happened with with people like Keating and and Father Pennington and 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 the founders of the Centering Prayer Movement is with this good intent of finding and understanding the truth outside, they sort of forgot the fullness, the idea, this idea that the fullness of Christ resides within the Catholic Church. And so what they then did is instead of using the rays of truth as a bridge for dialogue, but then, of course, what are you going to use the bridge for? To draw them over into the fullness of truth. They went over and sat at the feet of the East and then, uh, you know, to, to drink in from from that wisdom, and in some case, pseudo-wisdom, and the Church recognizes both, um, and really left behind the, the the heartbeat of true and authentic Christian prayer. So the drive was one that was uh, uh, ecumenical in nature. The other one was that you have this whole culture looking for the age of Aquarius, and and there there you know there's a spiritual we are waking in America, the Jesus movement, and they saw as Catholics like you know all this is going on out there. We're just not reaching these people. How can we reach them? Well, you and I know there's a lot of heresy that was uh, spawned out of good intention to really try to engage the culture. There's a lot of good that happens when we try to engage the culture. And so those are kind of the root issues behind uh, what happened as Centering Prayer uh, was birthed, if you will, in that time. And we want to get back to this uh, after this break. We've got to take a break right now. But if you're interested in Centering Prayer and asking Dan a question or making a comment about Centering Prayer, which is our topic for today's program, give us a call right now, 205-714-7014, or email me, john at Bible Christian Society. Dot com John at Bible Christian Society dot com. You're listening to Balaam's Ride on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, 1480 AM in Birmingham, and Queen of Heaven Radio dot com on the internet. We'll be right back after these messages. 
If you have a car, truck, or some other vehicle that you don't want anymore, but you still think it's worth something, why not donate it to WQOH, Queen of Heaven Radio. We accept most vehicles from cars to boats to motorcycles and turn the gift into support for all the great Catholic programming you love. And it's a great tax write-off, too. Just log online to queenofheavenradio.com for more details or call 1-866-628-2277. Donate today. This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be questioning their faith. Let's say a prayer to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? This is Dr. Peter Van Hoy. I'm a plastic surgeon at Premier Plastic Surgery in Birmingham. We've been using Crabtree Computer Services for over eight years for all of our technology needs. They service our PCs, our servers, and our backups. They also manage our website for Google Marketing. Patrick and his staff are knowledgeable, courteous, and fast. I highly recommend Crabtree Computer Services. They've done a terrific job for us. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205 205- That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. This holiday season, your one-stop gift and diamond destination is Paul's Diamond Center. Conveniently located in the Colonial Promenade across from Lowe's in Alabaster, Paul's can put a smile under any tree. Paul's Diamonds are purchased in Antwerp, Belgium, the diamond-cutting capital of the world. Paul's has an in-store master jeweler, and by opening a Paul's Charge account, you can receive 18 months same-as-cash financing. Paul's Diamond Center also carries a large selection of the popular Pandora gift line. Stop in today and register for a $1,000 gift certificate from Mark's Outdoor Sports. Paul's Diamond Center, I-65, exit 238, Alabaster Colonial Promenade, across from Lowe's. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and at paulsdiamondcenter.com. Paul's Diamond Center, your one-stop gift and diamond destination. four rosaries and the divine mercy chaplet every hour when he goes to daily mass he arrives before the priest the saints have a statue of him he's the most holy man on the planet i don't normally listen to radio 
But when I do, I listen to Balaam's Ride on WQOH 1480 AM. Stay holy, my friend. Stay holy, my friend. I love it. All right, this is John Martinoni, and as the holiest man on the planet just said, you're listening to Balaam's Ride, the edge of Catholic radio on 1480 AM, WQOH, Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio here in Birmingham, or on the internet, queenofheavenradio.com. Our topic today is centering prayer, good, bad, or indifferent, and our guest is Dan Burke, Executive Director of EWTN's National National Catholic Register, and also he's the President and Founder of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. And Dan, I want to continue the conversation by picking up on, on something you said about how uh, it's a right idea to build bridges to other cultures. You know, we have a Catholic culture, but in a Western culture here, but building bridges to Eastern culture, to non-Catholic cultures. But the idea should be you build the bridge in order so that they can come over instead of you going over to them. Exactly. And what I've noticed, every single person, and I I can't say this is 100% down the line, but in my experience, every single person I've ever met who is involved with Centering Prayer, number one... They're not necessarily all that big on all of the doctrines and dogmas of the Catholic Church. In fact, there are doctrines and dogmas that they basically outright reject. Uh, um, you know, the male-only priesthood, and, and, and uh, among other things, probably things on contraception as well, uh, other such teachings. But uh, also, my experience is that they have absolutely no desire to bring people into the Catholic faith that 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 it is the fullness of truth and they need to bring others into the fullness of truth it's kind of a hey i'm okay they're okay mentality what do you think about that i think i think that's fair uh you know to be clear there are great faithful catholics who use something like the method uh, that centering prayer describes but as on the whole and i've been studying the movement for years and, and have read more uh, books and and uh, and along with uh, two other folks that that have, are working with me on this research, and um, on the whole, you will not find uh, any literature at all uh, almost, uh, that I've run into that has any concern in the centering prayer movement, particularly contemplative outreach, on teaching regarding the the central truths of our faith, or uh, you just don't. There's just nothing. They just are not concerned with it. They're concerned with their prayer method, their ideas about what prayer is, and those sorts of things. But uh, I'll give you an example um, that exactly fits what you're saying. I had a woman who uh, wrote me and said, hey, I went, I, I'm trying to find a spiritual director. I said, well, let's go to your prayer group. And I didn't realize she prayed with contemplative outreach. And, and, I, and, I, and so she came to act to me. She was shocked because she, she found a guy in this, prayer, in, in this contemplative outreach prayer group. And he said, well, I can, yeah, I can be your spiritual director. They got to talking, and she discovered that he was living in unrepentant mortal sin, right? And, but he wa- and wants to be her spiritual director. Well, uh, he, she said, how can you help me to God when you're, you know, uh, uh, in this sin? And he said, well, I, it, we're not going to talk about that. That's not a topic we're going to deal with in, in prayer. And so this guy is, is, has essentially 
theologically and actually no relationship with God. He, he's made a choice that has separated himself from grace and broken from grace. His back is to God. His prayer is not the only prayer God's waiting for him to pray is I, I confess Right. You know, uh, Father, it's been such so many weeks since my last confession or so many years, whatever. Then God, of course, in his great mercy and kindness will receive him back. But this person, of course, is in a, in a contemplative outreach prayer group. And, and uh, in, in keeping with the kind of the, the, the ethos of that whole world, there is no concern for the ascetical side of prayer. There's really no concern for the teachings of the Catholic Church. There's a lot of claims about being in alignment with the prayer tradition of the Catholic Church, but frankly, uh, you're right. I think it's a. It's. I don't like to to say that. I like to broad brush in a negative way, but I've found that to be true. Okay. Well, we have a a caller. We have William from Birmingham. Uh, William, welcome to Balaam's Ride. Well, thank y'all for taking my call, and um, I've got a quick question, and I, I mean, I. I don't see what the big deal is because um, a few of us were talking and, and at, you know, there's been a session that we've gone to where we're told to, to say the first word that comes to your mind, that you say it, you have it in your mind, and you meditate on it, you say it over and over. And sometimes it's been the word holiness or it's been the Blessed Mother. And what, I, if it's leading me to holiness, uh, what's... I don't see the problem. There's been a few of us talking where that's just, what, what's the issue? I appreciate your call, William. Dan? Well, the issue is, is that prayer is essentially, and, and you know, when, when the church asks the question, for instance, uh, what is contemplative prayer? When it asks that question, it's interesting who it asks it of. And, it's, and, and in the Catechism in 2709, it's, it asks St. Teresa of Avila, what is contemplative prayer? And her answer is, contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing be- between friends. It means taking time to frequently be alone with him uh, who we know loves us. Uh, contemplative prayer seeks him, who, seeks him whom my soul loves. So it's a loving relationship between persons. Now, I'll give you an example. So if, uh, is it, what was your name? Was it Jeff? William? William. 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 Uh, William. Um, so William, if, uh, if, if I, if you were having trouble with your relationship with your wife and I said, well, I would like you to sit down and talk with her on a daily basis and get to know her. And I said, and when you sit down and talk to her, what I want you to do, Jeff, I mean, William, is I want you to, sorry, I don't know why it keeps happening. I want you to, um, I want you to repeat a word that comes to mind. So you sit down with your wife and, and, uh, and the word that comes to your mind as you begin to try to do what I've told you to do is, you know, St. Paul. And so you start to repeat St. Paul over and over again, and she's sort of staring at you, waiting for you to talk with her. And then she tries to talk with you. And then uh, in keeping with what I've taught you to do, because I'm teaching you this method, right? I say, you know, if, if God or this other person that you're trying to engage with attempts to say words to you or speak to you, just let them go. And, and this is a literal phrase used in this teaching, just let it go. And so your wife tries to talk to you, and you just sort of blow off what she's saying and let it go and go back to saying St. Paul, St. Paul, St. Paul. You know, I, I suspect your relationship is going to deteriorate, not to advance in quality. So 
the method that you describe that you are being taught is one that essentially um, is is not personal, uh, as St. Teresa described, as any of the great spiritual doctors of the church described, in this personal relationship with God, with Christ, with the incarnational reality as Christ and God as a person um, who you engage with, who you listen, who you speak with, um, w- when they describe it in these other terms, like repeating a word that has nothing to do with furthering that relationship, then uh, as you can see, it, it actually leads you away from the, the person rather than to them. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. So, so it's kind of a, the centering prayer would be then considered almost a, a one-way road versus a two-way road. Yeah, and, and now let me describe for you just a correction, a use of the method that actually could be legitimate. So you have in the, in the Orthodox East or in the, or in the um, you know, Byzantine Catholic traditions and those sorts of things, you have the Jesus prayer where this prayer is repeated over and over. This repetition is a repetition that you're saying the name of God Okay, you're drawing your heart to the person of God. You're opening yourself to hearing from God, but certainly you're worshiping God because you're drawing all of your attention to him, which is this is key. That is a valid relationship, uh, a valid move towards intimacy with God. But if you're just using a word uh, to blank, to empty your mind, to try to get rid of thoughts, but that word is not essentially relational and an expression of love between persons, then you're in error. But but you can shift and use the method uh, in a way that, that is closer to Christian uh, tradition and the way I've described. All right. Well, That's William, great. That's great. Well, thanks for taking my call. You, oh, you're you very bet. welcome, William. We appreciate your uh, thanks, call. And, folks, if you want to be a part of the program, if you want to call in, 205 7014 is the number to call with your question or comment for Dan on Centering Prayer, 205-714-7014, or shoot me an email, john at biblechristiansociety.com, john at biblechristiansociety.com. We've got to take another break now, and when we come back, more with Dan Burke on Centering Prayer, Good, Bad, or Indifferent. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, The Edge of Catholic Radio on WQOH, Queen of Heaven Radio, 1480 in Birmingham, 1480 AM in Birmingham, or queenofheavenradio.com on the Internet. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. The holidays are a joyous time of celebration and giving. When four Daughters of Charity came here to found the first St. Vincent's Hospital, that is just what they had in mind, giving compassionate care and dedicating themselves to a community in need of a hospital. Today, 115 years later, that legacy continues. John O'Neill, President and CEO of St. Vincent's Health System. St. Vincent's remains dedicated to carrying out the spirit of giving and commitment to quality that is our foundation. Whether through innovative technology or our ever-expanding list of services, it's our unwavering mission to care for your family this holiday and throughout the year. At St. Vincent's, our calling is to serve our neighbors by giving them the best possible care and always acting as Jesus teaches with love and compassion each day. Daughter of Charity, Sister Dinah White. As we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let us follow the example of Jesus Christ as we minister to those in need. From our family at St. Vincent's Health System to yours, we wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.
This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be battling an addiction. Let's pray the Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, football fans. Well, Alabama may have four-leaf clobbered my iris, but listen here. You know, every football season, people ask me the same old question. Coach, what can I do to be a better Catholic? Well, let me tell you something. If there's one thing I learned while coaching Notre Dame to a national championship, it's one thing. Charity. You gotta give of yourself. And one of the ways that you can do this is if you own a car, a boat, or any other vehicle, is to log online to QueenOfHeavenRadio.com or call 1-866-628-2277. Again, that's 1-866-628-2277. It's a lot easier than winning a national championship. It's a tax-deductible donation, and it helps keep your Catholic radio station on the air. Notre Dame or a pro nobis. We're here today to ask people about marriage. For starters, what's the best thing about being married? Who I get to stay married to. <laughs> Togetherness. To me, is having a companion. My favorite thing about being married is that I have a partner. Do you think your marriage is good for more than just the two of you? Uh, influence those around us. Yeah, I think. In a positive way? I think so. I would hope that people would see that uh, when we're together that we really have a very true affection for each other. What everybody wants, and we know we're lucky to have it. The energy we give out in our home, I think, spreads out to other people. Your marriage just continues to go on and on and on. Oh, sure, and it affects generations after us. I think it really sort of stabilizes your whole community. It's the cornerstone of a society, right? Sounds like a good marriage goes a long way. It touches a lot of people. Want to improve your marriage? For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. And now, WQOH 1480 AM presents Celebrity Confessions. May the good Lord help you to make a good confession. What are your sins? Hey, you know, thank you, Father. You know, it's been a few years, you know, since I made a good confession. You know, I think during that time, you know, I, uh, I beat Apollo to a bloody pope in a fight. Ah, yes, my lad, but I, I, I suppose that was in a boxing match, was it? Oh, yeah, you know, I was in a boxing match, but, you know, I beat him pretty bad. You know, I think it was like two or three rounds, you know, that I beat him in. I don't think that qualifies as a sin. Hey, you know, I said a few things to Adrian, you know, I didn't necessarily mean. Well, maybe some of them, but... Ah, yes, yes, yes. Are those all of your sins, me lad? 
I think so. Please make a good act of contrition. All right. This is John Martinoni. You're listening to Balaam's Ride, and our topic today is Centering Prayer. Good, bad, or indifferent. If you're involved in Centering Prayer, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got, uh, if you know someone who is, if you've got a question or comment on the topic, give us a call, 205-714-7014, 205-714-7014, or email me, john at biblechristiansociety.com, john at biblechristiansociety.com. Dot com. Now, Dan, uh, getting back to our discussion, let me ask you this. We're, we're talking about prayer, specifically centering prayer, but uh, you know, in, in Scripture we have some things about prayer. Does Jesus talk about anything that would be similar to, or, or I know the words centering prayer are not used in the Bible, but is there anything that Jesus talks about or any of the New Testament writers that would remind us or, or take us to, oh, yeah, there's centering prayer right there. That's that's a great question. Uh, you know, in the New Testament, the disciples asked Jesus, you know, how do we pray? And I, it's, it's funny because I write on this topic and, I, and my goal is to really bring, I don't know, the goal, the good stuff, the real thing to people from the church because it's so rich and so powerful. But people will t- tell me, uh, you can't, there's no wrong way to pray. You know, there's no, these are Catholics, by the way. I wrote some things for the register. I got comments. There's no wrong. How dare you say there's a wrong way to pray? Well, when his, the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he starts with, this is the wrong way. And then he says, this is the right way, which we're all familiar with. He goes to the, our father, but he says, basically that, uh, avoid vain repetition. He talks to, and you can find this in Matthew uh, six chapter six uh, verse six through fourteen, but he he re- refers to the prayer of the pagans. So he's saying there are people outside of the camp of God who have a wrong notion of prayer, and they use empty phrases uh, that can be translated vain repetition or babbling that sort of thing. So you know when you begin to dissect what Jesus uh, said there, one these folks are not directing their prayer to the true God. So that's very important. And there are some, uh, the t- some of the teachings in contemplative outreach are pretty outrageous. Uh, Father Keating basically says the first level of uh, prayer is, you know, this loving, he calls it a relationship. I described it in the last entry in that caller that that relationship looks pretty goofy on a practical level. So it's really a non-relationship, but they describe it as a relationship, creature, creator. Then he goes on to say, then you begin to experience God within. And then the, the next level is you learn, guess what? You're God, John. Did you know you were God? Uh, no, I did not. Because if you're God, I'm not in. Okay. I love you as a friend, but uh, <laughs> and if I, you know, you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want. You, you would well, be if it. I were God, you would be out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. So, uh, so centering prayer doesn't appropriately, you know, taught by uh, Keating doesn't really direct you to God. So that is out, as with Jesus as uh, Jesus teaches, it fails to carry the assumption that God is truly present, as we've discussed, because though they say God is present and you're opening yourself to God, if he talks to you, they will instruct you. 
And, I, and I've been in the room and been taught this. Let those thoughts go if God talks to you. I don't know about you, John, but when God talks, I'm on my face. I'm listening. I Everything about me. That's, that's more important than E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton talks, right? That, you, you know, commercials. It's good that you know your priorities. So that breaks down with respect to what Jesus calls prayer. Uh, it fails to carry the assumption centering prayer that God is separate from me, even though they claim that eventually it, you, you get this revelation that you are God because God is everything and you're part of everything. So you're God. And it's not open to God's response, which I mentioned. So in, in the New Testament, we have uh, Jesus pointing out the prayer of the pagans, which problematic, which is very problematic and looks a lot like uh, centering prayer. And of course, at the opening of this show, you rightly pointed out that a lot of the ideas of, from Centering Prayer come from uh, uh, cultures outside of the Christian tradition, outside of the tradition of Jesus. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, everywhere that I've come across where they have Centering Prayer, uh, you know, we've got a monastery in Colma with Centering Prayer. They also, and, and around the country, various monasteries or workshops, and they offer Centering Prayer, and, I, and I've seen many pamphlets for this. They also offer Reiki. They offer spiritual massage, which I still haven't figured that one out, but it sounds pretty pretty hokey to me. They offer uh, the Enneagram. They offer any number of things that all – everything I've read seem to be all new age. Does, does centering prayer lead to these things, or do these things lead to centering prayer, or are they all part of the same – Whole or what? Well, well, you made a good point earlier when you when you said you, you see an absence, uh, a vacuum. There's nothing. There isn't really a thrust uh, toward seeking the doctrine and the truth and the teachings of the church outside of what they call the the prayer tradition. And so the same is true. So they will adopt things like Reiki, which the USCCB has openly, clearly condemned unequivocally. This is not something that Catholics should be involved in. Real quick, what is Reiki? Oh gosh, uh, Reiki is really the healing touch. Uh, it's a it's a method of bringing healing through the forces of the prayer uh, over the person who's receiving Would ministry. Would spiritual massage be a euphemism for Reiki? Yeah, or? I mean, what's happened in a lot of these cases is in order to maintain their business that unfortunately many of these monasteries have, have, have gotten into. They change the name of it so that because obviously if the if the label is Reiki and the church condemns it, I can't call it that. But let's call it Healing Touch. Of course, then if you lift the hood, uh, you're you're going to see it's the same engine inside with a different label on the outside, but it's the same thing. Um, so things like the engram and those sorts of things, which which also come from the outside outside of Catholic tradition, uh, are just you know. Uh, because really, if you're not if you're not spending time in the catechism, if you're not spending time in scripture and in tradition, you really can fall for anything uh, because you don't have anything to measure uh, what you're being taught against. And so, a lot of these are good people who really are seeking the Lord, and they just don't realize how far off, how astray they're being uh, 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 led uh, because they don't know the real thing. No matter how good you are, no matter how sincere you are, if you get involved in something that's bad methodology and it can lead you down the wrong path, sincerely. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's not let's not mince words. The scripture re- reveals in the New Testament uh, this idea of doctrines of demons. 
Okay, that is a, a specific phrase right out of the New Testament. So there are teachings that I really believe are inspired by the enemy of our souls that are enticing. Paul talks about them as tickling the ears and that are interesting to us that help us, in quotes, make us feel good, you know, give us some temporal benefit, but are really just the doorway into stepping further away from the heart of the church, which then, you, as you know, that path leads you to venial sin, mortal sin, and really ultimately in a very tragic uh, situation. All right. We're talking to Dan Burke, executive director of EWTN's National Catholic Register and president and founder of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. Our topic today is Centering Prayer, Good, Bad, or Indifferent. And I'm John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, the edge of Catholic radio. We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll come back with our last segment. If you want to be on the program, if you've got a question or comment for Dan, 205-714-7014, is the number to call, or shoot me a quick email, john at biblechristiansociety.com, john at BibleChristianSociety.com. Hang on, we'll be back. This is Father Michael Deering, Spiritual Director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be suffering hardship in the current economy. Let's pray the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Did you know that the license tag on your car could save a life? Purchase a Choose Life tag for your car and help a local crisis pregnancy center in your county. By purchasing a Choose Life tag, you not only will have a rolling billboard on your car that promotes life, but 100% of the funds help your local pregnancy center provide free services to those women facing a crisis pregnancy. So get your Choose Life license tag and join thousands of others who are promoting life in our state. For more information, go to ChooseLifeAlabama.org. And thank you for choosing life. Hi, folks. Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now, you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? My name is John Herod, and I've been a very satisfied customer with Crabtree for the past three years. I have their Forget About It plan for my home PC, where for one low monthly fee, Crabtree monitors my PC for remote and keeps it updated and running really fast. And whenever I have any problem at all, and I've had my share, I call them, and they come in from remote and fix it right then and there. If they can't fix it from remote, they come on site and fix it for free. Crabtree does a great job. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. Frankie's Market Cafe, 4257 Highway 52 in Helena, your home for home-cooked meats and signature veggies. Fresh fried catfish, beef tips over rice, squash casserole, and fried green tomatoes, just to name a few. 
Also featuring deli sandwiches, catering, southern fried pies made daily, private label jams and jellies, and local honey. Also a fresh produce department from local growers. Frankie's Market Cafe, 4257 Highway 52, Helena. Funding for Queen of Heaven Radio is brought to you in part by our loyal listeners and by Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics. Located at 415 West Oxmoor Road, their phone number is 942-2270. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics are committed to providing high-quality orthodontic care in a unique setting that is fun, warm, and comfortable. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics, 415 West Oxmoor Road, 942-2270. John Martinoni here. You're listening to Balaam's Ride on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, AM 1480 in Birmingham. Our guest today is Dan Burke, Executive Director of EWTN's National Catholic Register and the President and Founder of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation. And we've been talking about centering prayer, good, bad, or indifferent. And Dan, I guess one last question maybe to ask you is, what does the church think about centering prayer? Has it issued any warnings, any condemnations? What's the word from the church on this? In 1989, uh, uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, uh, of course, as we know, is um, Pope Benedict, issued a letter to all the bishops of the world. So this is a, a serious issue um, entitled uh, On Some Aspects of Christian Meditation. And that letter, though uh, uh, Father Keating specifically denies that that letter was, ad- was, was, was addressed, and he does it in writing, to the teachings of contemplative outreach, um, if you know anything about their teachings and you compare it to the letter, uh, it's, it's a pretty good match. Uh, that denial is, is not credible. And in fact, it, 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 seems, it seems deceptive to me. But essentially, yeah, that letter really uh, dismantles many of the fundamental problems with centering prayer. What's the name of it again? It's called uh, On Some Aspects of Christian Meditation. And I think the, to- the full uh, title uh, is A Letter to the Bishops of the World on Some Aspects of Christian Meditation. So that document deals with it. You can f- and I, I put that in the back of my book, Navigating the Interior Life, which is about how you grow in the spiritual life. Uh, because it's, it's a document that is, it, that is not well enough known. It was brilliantly written by Cardinal Ratzinger. And then there's another one that deals with some of the peripheral issues you've mentioned, like Engram and Reiki and those sorts of things in the New Age. And that's Jesus Christ, the bearer of the water of life. And that can be found on the Vatican website. That's Jesus Christ, the bearer of the water of life. Uh, which really is a Vatican's attempt to deal with a lot of the problems in the New Age that will address some of these issues. So those are a couple places where the Church has attempted to make some corrections. I think there are more coming and more specific uh, corrections coming, God willing, uh, in the, and probably in the next five years is my prediction. Okay. Well, we've been talking about centering prayer and obviously, good, bad, or indifferent, we've come down on pretty much on the bad side yeah. of that. This the, the methodology, at least, is is not good. It's it's not authentic Catholic uh, prayer tradition and so forth. But where can people go to get authentic teachings on Catholic prayer and spirituality? Okay, let's let's just do a list, a rundown. Number one is you got to start with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. In in section four, there, there is a huge portion, huge percentage of the catechism 
uh, that is dedicated to authentic Christian prayer. And not only is it there, but a lot of people think of the catechism as like a, a manual for how to use your lawnmower. It's dry. It's not interesting. It's, it's exactly the opposite of that, particularly the second section on prayer is beautifully written. It has references. So if, if you want to you know, follow the, te- the thinking of a particular section on prayer, it'll lead you to Teresa of Avila's Interior Castles or to John of the Cross. Um, the Carmelite tradition generally dominates the church's uh, clear definition of prayer in this age. So that's the best place to start. And then uh, you can look at uh, my website on uh, Catholic spirituality, rcspiritualdirection.com. RC stands for Roman Catholic rcspiritualdirection.com, the Avil Institute, which we've mentioned. But um, the EWTN's religious catalog is a great place to go because they have theologians on staff at EWTN that vet all of the material that they sell. They have great uh, teachers like Father Thomas Dubay, God rest his soul. Um, They have Father Timothy Gallagher, uh, who teaches on uh, meditation and those sorts of things. Of course, Mother Angelica has classics on prayer, and, and and she gives you those teachings with a lot of, uh, I don't know, it, she's very entertaining. Homespun humor. Homespun humor. So uh, so EWTN's religious catalog um, is really a place, if you want to know you're going to get the real deal and not have to worry about what you're, what you're selecting, that's the place to go. Other great authors, Father Jacques Philippe, who wrote the book Time for God, is a fantastic book on prayer. Uh, so those are just a few that, that we recommend. Okay, very good. So start with the Catechism on Prayer, the yeah. section on prayer, and EW10 Religious Catalog. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of the saints, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, who are very well known for uh, their their prayer methods, methodology, uh-huh. and teaching that. Are there other saints of the church that are, are well known for this particular aspect? Yeah, I mean, I think St. Francis of DeSales, the spiritual doctors of the church are a subset of the doctors that spent most of their time talking about what, it's, what does it mean to grow in intimacy with God. So St. Francis de Sales, St. Bernard of Clairvaux, uh, the, the two that you mentioned, St. Catherine of Siena. What's the book, St. Francis de Sales? Um, it's um, Introduction to the Devout introduction Life. Introduction to the Devout Life, It's yes, got some excellent. great prescription on prayer in there. Um, I would, you know, if, if I was going to lean into the doctors of the church, probably the place I would start would be Teresa of Avila, but there's a... There's a a book published by um, uh, Institute for Carmelite Studies on Teresa of Avila's Interior Castles, which is her most famous work, and it has a, they have a study a book that's a study as a study guide in the book, oh, wow. and it's faithful, and so she uses a lot of terminology that you know uh, uh, quite uh, you know different than ours, and then she uses interesting terminology like lizards and and things that are in the different mansions that want to trip you up in your in your progress in prayer. But I'd really recommend that book because I, it, it, though it's intimidating to some, it gives you the grand... It's like standing before the Grand Canyon of what it means to experience and know God. So you may not be able to explore all of its avenues for, uh, you know, in any one particular phase in life, but she'll give you a grand vision for what you're called to, which is a deep intimacy with God in this life. We are all called to to be contemplative. It's not just for the saints. It's not just for priests and religious. She sets out that vision and then uh, find these other uh, resources and dig in. And, you know, uh, we have the best and most beautiful and most pure tradition uh, given to us by God. And uh, um, uh, it's unfathomable. I mean, we, we, we can never exhaust it. 
Well, uh, I th- hopefully folks have been interested. It's been a, I, I've been very interested in the program, so I appreciate you coming on. In the last, uh, in 60 seconds or less, maybe give us a, a quick rundown on the Avil Institute, and I know you've got a book on, on spiritual direction. Tell us yeah. about that. Well, the Avil Institute was formed just to further mitigate some of these challenges and bring forth the beautiful tradition of the church. And we have courses, we have a graduate studies program, two years, but we also allow people to take individual courses at a lower degree of rigor than a graduate program. Folks can find that at avila-institute.com. And uh, there are folks there who will, you know, you'll even get a little pop-up that says, do you want to talk to a human? And uh, they can get get someone over there to help you out. And then my book, Navigating the Interior Life, won the best Catholic book about .com survey in uh, 2012. And that's all about spiritual direction, how to how to dig deeper. And then also the latter half of the book is on how to grow in holiness. And that includes uh, some treatment of prayer. And how do they get that? You can go to navigatingtheinteriorlife.com if you want, uh, Amazon. But, uh, you know, we mentioned the EWTN religious catalog. I think that's we can get you can get it there. Um, that that probably be if there was one place I would send people to. Just to get moving in the right direction is go to EWTNReligiousCatalog.com. So when you say your book was voted number one in this Catholic survey, were, were you and your wife and kids, like, for 24 hours, were, were on voting? I don't – there, there isn't enough – I was actually shocked at that. I mean, it's the only time you're ever going to see my name on a list with a pope, right? And I – and frankly, the Infancy Narratives is a better read than my book. So read, read Pope Benedict's book, but uh, – all right. Well, that's Dan Burke, executive director of EWTN's National Catholic Register, president and founder of the Avil Institute for Spiritual Formation. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, 1480 AM in Birmingham, queenofheavenradio.com on the Internet. We appreciate you being with us, and God bless. Have a great week. We're not going to be on next Wednesday, which is Christmas Day, or the Wednesday following, which is New Year's Day. But after that, I guess that'd be January 8th. We'll be back. God bless. Have a great, great Christmas season.